You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whose his favor rests. Have you ever thought, why was that such a shocking, powerful, dynamic message? Peace. We always do that. Peace. Peace on earth. That was the key part of this. See, peace is a little bit different than what we oftentimes think of it. The word shalom is far different than our Western concept of peace. It goes beyond mere peace of mind or tranquility. Shalom means a universal flourishing, a wholeness, a delight. It's a richness of all your natural needs and gifts meeting with your spiritual needs and gifts so that everything is in harmony. Perfect place, perfect balance. Our spirit, our soul, and our body are completely aligned. Why this was shocking was, when you go back to Genesis 3, spiritually we were broken and dead. There was no peace on earth for centuries generation after generation after generation had no concept of true biblical peace. Shalom was lost until. You know, every time you hear these two words, you almost got to clap. But God. He began that restoration. Peace was being restored. And so... The prophets spoke of this in, <clears throat> about the, the Jehovah Shalom, his coming and his messianic message, restoring men, mankind. It says, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Mighty Count, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The title, Prince of Peace, carries authority and power of God. It's a prince. A prince, speak actually, within a kingdom is oftentimes one who enforced the law. So we have the Prince of Peace enforcing peace on earth because it's going to drive out the chaos. Because that's what peace is. Peace is the driving out of the chaos. And It's a cosmic shift in the universe. When this comes onto earth, the whole universe has been shifted. We move from a place of peace, that means we have a place of hope. We don't have hope if we have no peace. When your mind is all scrambled, when you're out out of line, you don't have a spiritual connection, you get all, everything is a mess. We lose our identity. So we start searching for an identity in something. So we find our identity in our jobs, we find identity in our titles. If we're in the military, in our rank, we might find identity in our own kids. So we're going around expecting our kids to be major league baseball players because it's our identity, it's not even theirs. In this, we gain our identity in the peace of knowing who we are with Christ. 
I just find every time I look at this, I say, yes, Jesus came as a conqueror. But he paid a great price for our peace. If you look at Isaiah 53, it, it says, sure, Surely he took up our pain and bore, bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. The healing is in our peace. It's no wonder that so many times in the Bible you see the word, in, in the original text, healing and salvation, and the same word is used. Because we come to a place where we are healed spiritually, where our souls are healed, our bodies become healed, we become aligned. And this is something so dramatic and so special. But here's, here's more though. You see, peace is not just ending the war. Peace is removing the elements that cause the war. So in this case, it, he, what he's reconciling us is into our righteousness and, and ending sin. So Jesus comes in to take away the sin of the world. That's the very significance of this. As the Prince of Peace, he takes away the sin so that the conflict can end. So how many times have you ever been in a conflict and you say, okay, let, let's not fight about this anymore. But the, it lingers. Jesus is Prince of Peace. He takes it all away. There's a powerful thing that he does. When you look at Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Through him also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. This battle has ended. Now there's peace. Now I want you to see something here. This peace is a connection of God and man has now come together. There's a unity of God and man now. We are at peace with God. And we are at union now with God. His creation is now in union with him. This is a stunning moment. And I hear these angels say, peace on earth. And they're saying, how can that be? We're sinful people. We can't keep any of the commandments hardly. And we look at the law and we're... We know we're separated. And he says, no, peace has come and it's smiling up at you in a manger. Go look at it. That drove them, among the other messages they heard, to that place. Where is there peace on earth? Because peace can only be in heaven. And so it, they're just shocked by this. But there's more to this than that. This is what's really, really exciting because when you continue to read Romans, you read that and it says that we have peace with God through Jesus. We will now have the peace as our relationship builds, the peace of God in Jesus. 
not through Jesus. So we come into relationship with him and we have the peace of God. This is, this is where we move to a different, different place. Our inner harmony has changed. Our trust and obedience has changed. We're at peace relationally have, with God, but we have the peace of God upon us. One is dependent on the other. You can't have, if you skip the first part and put your faith in him totally, you got to have that part, and you gain that peace with God. That's our point of, of justification. In, in, in the sanctification sense, that's where we're set apart. But now we're moving into the sanctification area of being more like Christ. That's where we gain the peace of God in this process. This is why, for most of us, we even became Christians. Because this is the stunning lifestyle change that is changed by a transformation in us. I don't have to tell you what my job is to be happy. You don't ha I don't have to tell you what I'm aspiring to be to have a reason to be. I'm a child of God. And that's where I can place my trust in, in my identity. And because of that, the God who dwells in me is flowing out of me. Now peace has a power. Peace is power. Most of the time you hear the word peace in the Bible, it's a verb. It's shalom. And, and it's an expression of a blessing being for, placed out. And we can't overlook that. That's where we have peace that passes all understanding. It is not the peace of the world. Remember in John 14, he's talking, to, he comes to the disciples, and he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. <clears throat> do you understand we can transfer the peace? Remember when uh, in Matthew 10 when he sends out the, the disciples and he says when you come to a house, it says give them your peace. If they're deserving, leave your peace. If they're not, have it returned to you. Do you understand that you are as children of God that this peace that comes in that because God, God's peace is not the peace of this world. God's peace See, the peace, darkness doesn't tell darkness to leave. You, you can't, there's no fear, there's no chaos, there's no rebellion that Jesus can't overcome. And so in that, peace that forces out is casting into this and it's stopping all this rebellion, all of this chaos, all this nonsense that's making us crazy and it results in our fear frequently. And that, you actually are a, an instrument of God that, you carry this peace in you. As you carry the Holy Spirit in you, you carry the Prince of Peace. And you can outwardly cast it out. You can say shalom to every situation. A shalom that heals. A shalom that has power. A shalom that changes the entire atmosphere of a room. It's, it's no surprise whatsoever, almost every one of Paul's letters begins with peace and grace. You know, every one of his letters were written to a room full of both Jews and Gentiles, free men and slaves, men and women who were 
in, in a different state in those days. And it, every time they heard this, there was a dynamic shift in the room. And God's peace came upon them. Whatever differences they saw among themselves, it ended. And they could receive God's word. And they could receive it as God intended them to receive it. I look at this and I say, peace with authority commands the darkness to leave. Peace with authority causes the fear to disappear. Anything that stands against light is vanquished in peace. Because when we are relationally growing in Christ, the peace of God is the authority of Christ. And so authority is not something you do, it's something you walk in. And we walk in that authority. You, are, you have become co-regents with Christ on earth. And you stand as, as the, the, as the uh, lighthouse in a place of darkness. And we're not supposed to just hang around as a bunch of light bulbs on a tree. We're supposed to move out and make light come everywhere. And in that, we bring peace. You know, it's referred to as the gospel of peace. And there's a reason for it. In Isaiah 52, I don't think we have a slide for this one. It's Isaiah 52, verse 7. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Amen. Proclaim peace. We don't peace. Ours is peace. And when we see conflict, when we see something, we demand peace in the name of Jesus Christ. We carry the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. On my own, I have no authority. But with carrying Jesus Christ with me and in his name, that means all the character. When we say the name of Jesus Christ, we're talking about the very, very character of who we are. So if I said in the name of Marcus, I'm talking about the very character of Marcus. But when I say the name of Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus and all of that that he is pure goodness, pure love, pure power, pure everything. The one that created everything that, that is seen and unseen. I am proclaiming that name into a situation. And I say peace in Jesus name. It has occurred. And you'll be, I, I'm telling you, if you get into a room of an argument, I had this once at work just uh, two days ago. And I said, in Jesus' name, peace. And everyone kind of had a chuckle. And said, okay, Chuck, yeah, I got to do the religion thing. But the argument ended. It stilled. The name of Jesus in peace quieted the whole room. They didn't know why. They wanted to chuckle a little bit about it. But it happened, and business went on again. And, and no more conflict, no more name calling, no pointing. And it all ended. It went right back to this be solution-based. Because that's, that's who our God is. Our God's solution-based. So when he says peace, he's driving out chaos so solution can come in. His grace is solution. And so he's paving a way. When you could proclaim peace, you pave a way for things. I'm, I look at Margaret here. Margaret is having the best Christmas ever. 
because last Christmas was one of her worst. But I can tell you this, her peace may have been shaken a little bit. It got a little rattled, but it never left her. She continued to have the faith in, in the Lord because she faith is, comes from knowing. And the faith came from knowing the Lord and her peace stayed with her. Mike has had a lot of, lot of health issues. And he's had some days where he wasn't a real happy fellow, but his peace stays with him. You know, you can, you can be right in the middle of a funeral of your, of your father and you know peace is there. And, and I, I just experienced that. And I saw how it, when you, you speak peace into other people, how it calms their heartbreak. It doesn't make the loss go away. It changes the perception of where they are in that loss. We're not saying when you proclaim peace every time the cancer is going to go away or even the illness is going to go away, but how we receive it is going to change. Because here's what happens. is we become, our peace in God it becomes the center of us and our circumstances start to circle it. For most people, that's why it's peace that's not, that the world doesn't understand. For most people, our circumstances are in the center and occasionally we see, a, we see peace around the fringes. Oh, I went on vacation. Oh, it was so peaceful. I was in, oh, yeah, nice beach. I'm back at this place now. Instead, we go, I'm totally at peace right back at this place. And I'm finding I can sh spread it out a little bit around my desk. So if you sit across the desk from me, I'm going to try to get a little bit of peace to go over the desk and into your lap. And it happens. You know, most people know I'm in, I'm in car sales, but I'm, I'm the guy in the office that does all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. That's some, people are really nervous. And the, the most common comment was, wow, that was easy. You're really easy to get along with. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm the same old jerk I was before. The Holy Spirit's easy to get along with. <laughs> you know, I'm just chuck. I mean, it really happens. When Jesus came, centuries of conflict and turmoil, angst and anxiety, poof, Jesus. And he brought that with us at, a, at an incredible price. Don't think that this was an incredible price to pay. It was an enormous price. And he did it out of his love for you. I'm going to tell you something. When you come into peace, all the other fruits of the Spirit change. When I'm at peace, I'm just telling you, I love my wife a lot more. And I can receive her love a lot more. If I'm worried about this and worried about that, and oh my gosh. When you get the envelope, I just got this one yesterday. You get the envelope that says Indiana Revenue Department. My peace was about gone. No, it wasn't. I opened it up, it was only like a hundred bucks. <laughs> but, but you know what? We do that all the time. Oh, peace is gone. You know, I didn't become a Christian until I was in my 40s. There's something I see in peace, of the peace of God, that's so different than maybe a lot of you do because you've lived your whole life this way. And man, you're lucky. Not lucky, you, you were smart. So I look at a little young lady that just got baptized last week. I'm like, wow, I wish I'd have done that. I, I know every crooked road there is. I don't know, the, I didn't know the straight path to God. And I tell you what, I knew, I hit every pothole. 
But now I look back and go, Jesus had a plan. He's made it all go. He's taken away the shame. He's taken all of that away. He's left me in peace. And he says, you, my son, what you did doesn't define you. Who you were doesn't define you. Actually, who you're about to become doesn't actually define you. I define you. And I love you. And I think you're terrific. You're so great, I think I'll create you. You know, that's, that's peaceful. When I'm in peace, I've got joy. Everything seems like it can be better. I'm, you know, you can be eating White Castles. You're saying, you know, this is really pretty good. That takes a lot of peace. <laughs> I mean, I can, most of you know, my wife's Korean. I can be at such peace, I never say these words. What's in that? So, and she doesn't like me to do that. The joy just spills out. So, now you're sharing peace and joy. And in that spring, it all sprang from the hope you have of who you are in Christ. As an eternal son or daughter. Eternal. You're not just for a while. You're not going to leave the nest in a way because you'll always be a son and daughter of the most powerful, most loving being on, in the universe. It's our God. You know, I just... When I look at that, when I just talked about how beautiful the feet are the ones who carry the gospel, the gospel of peace. You know, when you tell someone, you know, the conflict's over. You are in a perfect place. What a gift. What good news. We carry light. We carry truth. In our, in our very person, as we proclaim the death, or the, the birth of Christ, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ. As we proclaim what has happened all for you, and your life has changed dramatically because of it. You know, when I talk to people about my age, or even 40s, whatever, we just talked about this, they're not really too concerned about heaven or hell. They're saying, how do I just get through the day? How is it that I just don't feel rotten all the time. Unfortunately, there's a lot of younger people, they don't even feel the guilt. They just move right into shame and don't know why. They just know that something feels uncomfortable all the time. My whole life, I was always restless. No job was good enough. I was never happy with anything. Everything always just came up a little bit short, especially me. Everything was always intention. I never could get enough of anything. I couldn't make enough money. I couldn't have enough prestige. I couldn't have anything. Didn't matter what it was. I just couldn't have enough. Because what I was looking for didn't exist on earth. It does now in Jesus Christ. Peace has come on earth. Let's take a look at, at the, uh, you know, since you, since we got it started. Let's look at the, the little boat trip that's in that. Uh, let's see what. 
Oh, I lost my note. Oh, Mark 4. It's the story that's in, in uh, your, the little handout here. It says, Mark 4, 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they, they, they took him along, just, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Shalom. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you, do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and, and, and the waves obey him. Right before this, Jesus was teaching. And he was teaching about faith. He taught the parable of the sower and the seed. And how you scatter the seed and, and some go on the stony, some go in the weeds, some go here, the flourishing of faith. He then goes on from there and talks about the candle, how faith, has, you have to let your faith shine. Then he has another one about a seed and that talks about the work, God's work on faith, okay? Then he goes to the mustard seed, faith maturity. So then he goes to this scene. You know my first takeaway of this? Whose idea was this little three-hour cruise? It was Jesus' idea all along. So what this is telling me is, is, you know, this is a real crisis. This is a real storm. And Jesus led him right into it. So sometimes Jesus will lead us into some dark places, some scary places. Because he, he may test us. He also may, and that testing is like training. People say, oh, why are you testing me? And then we all play sports. Do you practice or not? We all do. So sometimes that's what it is, building you up for game time. So then sometimes it is game time, and he's prepared you for it. And so we have to be ready for these storms. But I started looking at this, and I thought, hmm, got a crisis beyond our natural means, so they go to Jesus and ask him for help. Sounds like prayer. They say, save us, save us. Sounds like petition. Jesus gets up, calms the storm. Sounds like answer to prayer. And then he says, what's wrong with you? I don't remember that part in the prayer lesson. Here's why. Now, this was a real crisis. The water is coming up over the, the boat. These boats, if you've never seen a picture of them, are really just oversized rowboats. They're open bow. I mean, now, I don't know the source of this storm. Now, these kind of storms are not uncommon on the Sea of Galilee. They're exceptionally rare at night. And because it's Mark, it's in all the other ones, I think that this was a series of conflicts of, of him conquering the spirits of, of this earth. So... But you, you can make, them, make it natural. I'm not really concerned. All I know is this. 
The wind stopped, but you know what else stopped? The water. Now, if you've ever been on Lake Erie and there's been a real bad storm and you finally got through it, the wind, the wind stops, the rain stops, you still have five-foot wakes. It takes a, a couple of hours for the water to calm down. The water calmed down. It was total. I think Jesus has given us a message here. He's saying, first of all, how many times do you pray and think Jesus is somewhere way up in the cloud, not just sitting right next to you with, a, with his head on a pillow? I oftentimes think God is so far away when I pray to him, and he goes, look in your rib cage. I'm right there in your heart. You don't have to look so far. The other thing is he's saying, I gave you my authority and my name as my child. Use it. Stand up. You use your authority. I want you to start rebuking storms in other people's lives and in your own life. I want you to calm a storm. And when you know someone who's got a storm in their life, you come in and, in my name, rebuke it and cast it out. You know, we all have storms. We've all lost people. We have family members that are sick. Some of us are sick. We have some real serious medical issues in some of us. Some of us just came out of surgery. My brother just found out he's got B-cell lymphoma. And so he's pretty upset about it. We've got to bring peace. And peace is the first thing that has to come to him. Because he doesn't see hope until he has peace. The Holy Spirit has got to move into him and say, peace to you. Then he can calm down and start getting hope. Well, last time I talked to him, he seems, he's like, all right, whatever's got to happen, we got to go. Let's do it. You know, whatever the next steps are. Very different attitude. I just look at this and I say, why do we sometimes feel defeated when we have the most powerful being in the universe dwelling in us and saying, let me out. I can't wait to stomp on some evil. He came on this earth to destroy the work of the, of the devil. When you read Mark, you see Jesus come out of the gate and everything's, it says, and immediately, everything's about speed. Boom, 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 boom. He's coming out as a conquering hero. He's doing that not for his own benefit. He's doing it to show you what you have in you. Each of you are conquering heroes in, with the power of peace. The power of peace is what you have. Peace is not a nice beach. The Actually, Isaiah says tranquility is the result of peace. The peace is the power of the Holy Spirit that each of us carries. That we, we can go into any place and project the peace of God. And as your relationship grows, the projection goes further. I'm going to tell you, if I'm in a spot where some reason or other, I'm not feeling like real tight with God, if I say peace, they're all going to be like, but as my relationship gets back in line, I get my own peace back. Then I'm back. To, I'm back in the saddle. You know, we need to be calling to the Lord and say, Father, give me peace. And understand what that means. That doesn't mean that everything goes away. What it means is who you are and who you're aligned in and how your spirit and soul and body 
connect into a holistic way. That's why when you pray for someone for healing, and you don't see, I don't know, they say they were limping, and their leg doesn't seem to be better, you, there's three aspects that you prayed into. Because your power of peace may be touching spirit, it may be touching soul, and it maybe didn't touch the body that day. But your prayer didn't go wasted. Because what happened is the kingdom of God broke in. The end time came into the present. It's still here. Jesus rose, sits at the right hand of the, the Father, and he is directing everything, but he sent the Spirit down to us because it's still here. The kingdom hasn't left. He's, he's looking for a few more citizens to step into the age of light and to move in his power and to continue the work that he started to keep destroying the darkness with light and bringing peace where there's chaos and, and so that we can all move in joy and praise God in all things at all times and giving thanks. That's, that's kind of good news. I'm just going to close this with just may grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.